For more resources, visit rymonline.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Local Youth Worker, a daily podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. All this week, we'll be talking to Dr. John Kwasney. John, welcome. Thanks for having me. John is the Director of Christian Education and Children's Ministry at Pear Orchard Presbyterian Church in Ridgeland, Mississippi. He serves as the Adjunct Professor for Reformed Theological Seminary in Jackson, uh, where he also teaches on Christian education and has two courses in pastoral counseling. Uh, He appeared in episodes 26 through 30. Uh, He was giving advice on Christian education and specifically to to youth workers teaching teenagers. So if you haven't listened to those, be sure to go back and uh, check those out. John, thanks for uh, taking time to be with us today. Glad to be here. Uh, All this week, we're going to be talking to John about uh, counseling. Uh, For those of you who heard Dr. Ed Welch, um, we asked him some questions on Christian counseling as well. And so today we're going to be doing that with John just to give us some different perspective. So John, are you ready for the first question? I'm ready. Let's do it. So John, what are three things you would encourage youth workers to do when counseling students? Uh, Well, if if you've ever heard me preach or teach, you know I have an affinity for uh, points that are all the same letter. So I have three points with all the same letter, three S's. That sounds great. Three S's. And here you go. Here's the first one. Uh, Sincere concern. I think uh, they need to show sincere concern. It's just too easy when you're counseling youth to just want to slap them in the head sometimes, right? (laughs) Just to kind of uh, say, what are you doing? You know, stop doing that. Uh, and And it's hard. to. Sometimes we don't even like the people we're counseling. And yet we are called as believers and in youth ministry with youth uh, to love these youth, to show real concern. And I use the word sincere because it's one of my favorite words. Uh, if you look up the, the meaning, the etymology of sincere, it comes from the word sincere, which uh, in Latin meant without wax. And it takes you back to Roman times where wax was used to cover over cracks and pottery. So if you were selling it in the marketplace and you put the word sincere on there, it meant uh, without defect. And so sincere is that. It's, it's showing concern without fakery. Right? And so the reality is youth will know if you're just faking it. If you're just there, you really don't care about them, uh, you're listening to their problems, but you'd rather be somewhere else. Uh, the first thing you need to do as a youth worker is to show that level of concern, compassion, sincerity uh, that our young people need in order to uh, work through problems. Yeah, that's... That's a really good one. It's similar to something that Ed Welch said, but definitely nuanced. And it just it points to the fact that God puts people in our lives that are going to sanctify us, that are going to challenge us. Um, and it does. It, it makes us, it reminds us of his love for us. That there, there's nothing lovable in us. And he reached out to us and, and loved us. And so sometimes he does put those difficult people into your lives, but but it often reveals something in our own hearts. And oftentimes what, what that is, is that we don't have, that love doesn't come natural to us. And it, 
it should draw us into the Lord to ask for that love and that sincere, um, how'd you put it, sincere concern mm-hmm. for the students. So that, that's a good, excellent first point. All right, let's see if this if Ed said this next one. All right, here it is. Uh, the next S is self-disclosure. Uh, one of the things I teach my counselees at RTS uh, is uh, sometimes our vision of counseling, uh, especially in youth ministry, is that we're above the student. You know, we're the wise one. We're the mature one. They're not. They need wisdom. And so we're the guru. We're the answer man. We're the advisor. And, and so as a student pours out his heart and struggles with things, uh, self-disclosure is just one of those things we should not uh, avoid. We should be willing when we're hearing uh, the student deal with something that we struggle with too at some level to, to basically say, I'm with you. I've been there too. And not only been there, but maybe I'm there now. You know, that, that anger and frustration you feel, that rage you feel inside, I get that too. That anxiety you have over life and where am I going in this life, I get anxious too. Now, if your youth is, you know, telling about his porn addiction, I don't know if necessarily you're going to share about yours in, in that context. It depends on the situation. Uh, but in, in general, all the basic problems of life, we can reflect and, and show that we don't have it all together as counselors, as youth workers, as people in ministry, as pastors. We need to be able to relate in the sense of saying, hey, I struggle with sin too. I'm, I'm weak too. I have hardships too. I have a sanctification process I'm walking as well. And that goes a long way for people in general, but youth especially, when they know <clears throat> that they're not crazy. They're not uh, so out there or so evil or so horrible or terrible that uh, their youth worker doesn't struggle with things too. Yeah, I mean, that's that's great to be vulnerable, uh, for sure, with those who are coming and seeking counsel. Um, that's, yeah, that's that's definitely wisdom. And like you said, to, to let them know you're a fellow struggler um, with them. Um, and just kind of a, a follow-up question to that. Do you have any advice on, you know, how much to disclose or any boundaries or, or ideas on that? I know you mentioned the, the example of porn addiction, and we want to be you know, very sensitive if we're opening up about that to a student. But anything specific that's been helpful to you on just kind of some boundaries of how much you disclose? I know it's going to be different in every situation. No, that's a great question. Yeah, I think what, what the, the first boundary is to make sure that somehow the counseling session doesn't get turned around to the fact that you start sharing more than they do, and you start telling story after story, and and, and and suddenly they're counseling you. That's a bad thing, right? So it, it should be very limited in that sense, very brief. And yeah, the other the other boundary is you don't want to be a burden to students. To me, uh, using again that that porn addiction thing, it would be a burden for suddenly this uh, young man, for example, to think their youth worker struggles down with porn too. Wait a minute, he's supposed to be past that. That's too burdensome for them to carry, to know. That would be a confidence that somehow you'd want him to keep. So anything that would feel like they would have to keep a confidence from other people about you, don't share. But if it's something uh, you don't mind at all other people knowing, again, a struggle with anger, a struggle, hey, I get depressed at times too, I'm anxious too, those are things that make you real and you wouldn't care if someone outside the room or let's say your elders knew or your pastor knew. But if there are other things that would be more of a burden for your student, no, stay away from those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. It's really helpful. Anything else, Sean? Uh, you ready for number you, three? Uh, your third S. Uh, all right. My third S is solution orientation, all right? So sincere concern, 
self-disclosure solution orientation. Basically what I mean by that might sound a little different, a little odd sounding principle for youth workers, but you always, when you're a counselor, and especially with youth, you want to display that this problem does have solutions. Uh, If you come across uh, in your counseling, like, uh, I have no idea how how to fix this. I have no idea how to solve this, or if this is even solvable, or if you're just going to be stuck with this the rest of your life, uh, that uh, will not allow your counselee, your youth, to trust you. Because part of that trust relationship will come as they look to you as someone who brings solutions with them, who offers hope, offers the hope of the gospel, offers the belief that change can happen with the power of the Spirit and with uh, the work of God's Word in your life. Uh, And so from the very beginning of the relationship, you have to project this idea uh, that I understand uh, this issue uh, and that God has solutions for us, that, that we're not just left out here as orphans. We're not forever cursed with whatever thing we're going through. Uh, so that doesn't mean you're going to be offering uh, solutions in the first meeting, you know, the first time you talk. It may take time to work towards solution, but you always have that solution orientation that we're here uh, not just to chit-chat not, or not even just to lament about how terrible my life is or how hard it is, but what are we going to do about it? You know, what What does the future look like? What are the steps we're going to take uh, to see biblical change affected in my life? And, and that kind of solution orientation brings a lot of trust in your youth and willingness to open up. They're not going to open up to you if you kind of look at them like a deer in the headlights and say, I have no idea what you're talking about. Then, you know, it's probably time for you to refer them to someone else. <laughs> that, that's a yeah, very helpful point. And so what, what advice would you give? As you, you said, you know, you're not always going to have the solution the very first time you meet with the student. And so say a student comes in and you realize, okay, this is a really complex issue. And this might take, you know, two, three, four, five meetings before I kind of know how, how to get to the heart of the, the issue. What advice would you give on that very first time they come and you don't feel like you have the solution yet, but, but how do you impart hope to them? Well, that's the, the exact thing that should be on your mind. You, you, ha- you cannot let someone walk out of your office that first time without sensing that there is hope and, and they have a God and they have Jesus and they have the Spirit and they have the power of grace in their life to change. So you've got you to gotta give hope. So you have to give the gospel. Uh, they cannot, that doesn't mean you, you give them some platitudes or everything's going to be all right. You know, we'll, we'll, this is going to be fine. Not that at all. But you do give them the hope of the gospel, the hope of change. And you're communicating by the end of it is saying, you know, this is a difficult time, which just means we've got uh, more conversations to have about it. And, we, we've, and you will be having more conversations uh, possibly with other youth staff to help out and come alongside this student. So you always, again, project this level of authority and understanding at the same time and compassion, uh, but always you must project hope mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, and, and that's a good point. And kind of you, you implying that there that uh, you're telling a student, hey, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm going to be with you walking through this that's difficult right. time. And so that if, if nothing else, I mean, that's imparting hope to let them know you're not alone and I'm going to be walking with you uh, through this time. So, John, those are some very uh, helpful points. Just to review those at the end, sincere concern self-disclosure, and solution orientation. Again, thanks, John. You're welcome.